I'm Taylor Scalia, and this is Girl, It Is Time to Thrive. Welcome back to another episode. I have the incredibly talented ladies from 10K Under 10K, Kim and Chelsea on, and I'm going to have them introduce themselves. So I think Kim is taking the lead on this one. Yeah, so I'm Kim, um, and I am one half of 10K Under 10K. If you're not familiar with us, we help support, educate, and empower other creators in the foodie space to follow their passions and make their dreams a reality, no matter what their skill sets or their following count is. And you guys do such a good job. I got something from you guys, and I I used your DM template, and I don't think I actually told you guys this before. I got more responses through your template than I had had in like six months. I had Sargento cheese and like all these like big brands that I will be like that like reach back out to me. So you guys don't know them and you are a creator in like the foodie space. They are so freaking good at their job. So that's my little pitch for you guys. They did not pay me to say that. (laughs) I truly mean it. So much, you know, and it's so funny because people always ask about our templates and it's like, they're just small little tweaks. Like they're not, it's, it's not hard to adapt the templates at all and make them your own. And it shouldn't be hard to get the brand's attention. So I'm so happy. That makes me so sad. (laughs) They were really good. It was like simple, but also just like, like you said, the little tweaks and it, it did, it got people's attention that I had reached out to prior that did not respond. So anyways, we are not actually talking about, you know, pitching brands today, we're actually going to be talking about breaking the stigma around the word influencer in the food community. So they reached out to me about this and I loved it because I hate the word influencer. I am that stigma. (laughs) I am. I need this. So like my boyfriend will be like, "Ooh, you're doing your influencer stuff. And I'm like, fuck off. I'm not an influencer. (laughs) So when they came to me, I just laughed. I had a good chuckle and I can't believe I just said chuckle, but I'm so excited for this. So let's just hop into it. What, like, can you define the word influencer that doesn't sound cringy? Yes. Yes, we can. And I think one of the most powerful things you can do is rather than looking at the word influencer and influence and, you know, there's like that oh, we're manipulating people. It's icky. It's cringy. Guiding and inspiring. An influencer guides and inspires their audience. So we really want to challenge the school of thought that like like it's something bad or like cringeworthy. Um, If you have an Instagram account, if you have a TikTok account, if you have any audio, a podcast, the podcast listeners, just anybody, you know, you have an engaged audience and you're influencing people through your words. It doesn't have to be anything that you're selling or promoting. It could be just that you want to make a change in the world. So if you eat a certain way and you want to help people eat that certain diet, or if you're really into sustainability and you want to inspire people to change the world like that, you know, that's what you have the power to do as an influencer. It doesn't always have to just be like that bikini model on the beach with a smoothie, you know, just doing like constantly showing up in her Instagram with her fake life. Like that's not what it is anymore, especially with where the pandemic is, you know, you just, even though it's over, we still look to the internet to connect with people and have that community. So it's really great to just like inspire everybody through the words. I like how you just said it, (laughs) guide and inspire. Cause you're right. Like Instagram has evolved so much in the last few years. It was 
you either had a big following or no following. And now there's like this room for like, you know, you guys are 10K under 10K because there's power in having a smaller account and like, because it will continue to grow. I don't know. But so like it used to be you had to be like 200,000 followers and then you were an influencer and you had to live, like you said, that bikini lifestyle, <laughs> traveling. I always think of, oh, I can't think of her name, but her and her boyfriend used to like jump out of planes and like she was always in a thong bikini. And I was like 19 Ugh. years old being like, oh, I just wish I was like her or 20, right. probably 20, 21 by Instagram was popular. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is that is the stigma of influencer. That is kind of how I picture it. The uh, the hi, guys, I just want to give you my code and like that, like, <laughs> yes. which there's nothing wrong with that because I have affiliate codes and like, sure. so what do you think? I mean, you kind of said it, but like, why do you think people are so put off by the word influencer other than just like the bikini lifestyle type thing? Yeah, I think, well, I think that is sort of like the number one, right? Like we're still sort of thinking about what Instagram was 10 years ago when influencer marketing you know, first started to become a thing. Um, but it's, you know, I think a lot of people and like creators or not think maybe it's a little gimmicky or it's a little salesy and it sort of maybe is inauthentic. Um, like, you know, if they're, if they're doing a brand partnership or if they're doing something that feels influencery, uh, they worry about, you know, is my audience going to be put off by this? Um, is this going to resonate with people? Are people going to think I'm only doing this to make money? Like, I think we tend to run through a like a laundry list of questions around it. Um, also, I know a lot of our clients who are maybe resistant to the word influencer are actually just kind of afraid to be in front of the camera or, you know, show up in their stories, show up in their Instagram feed. Um you know, it's not easy to put yourself in a vulnerable place of judgment. So I think, um, you know, that is definitely something that puts people off from potentially, you know, earning an income with influencer marketing. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, when you first start, and you make that decision where you want to build your brand on Instagram or TikTok, you have to show your face. And yeah, I mean, I remember when I first started, I don't know about you guys, but I did have this moment of like, what are my high school friends that I haven't talked to in 10 years going to be thinking of this? Like yeah. that, like oh that gosh, is yes. a fear. <laughs> I think yeah. that's a common thought in the beginning, because I know I remember being like, oh my God, what are my old coworkers going to think? They're going to be yes. like, what is this girl think she's doing? Like, <laughs> can she even make money doing this? Like that's, that's another sort of thing that I think puts people off and making air quotes. Um, around the word influencer is that people think like, oh, this, it's a cop out. Like it's a pretend job. There's no way you can make money doing that. And I think that a lot of that comes from that judgment of like these people we went to high school with, or these people that were our, you know, former coworkers that it's like, but does their opinion even matter? Like, yeah. are you trying to inspire them or are you trying to inspire, you know, people that you don't even know exist yet? Yeah, I totally agree. I always am like, oh, if they're hating on me, I'm just laughing to the bank. Like, as right. as that sounds, but it's just like, I, we left our professions because we wanted more out of life and to be our own bosses. And this is where we settled. And the influencer part is a component of it. And that's how we make 
a large part of our income. So I don't really care what people think, but yes, definitely in the beginning, it was nerve wracking to be like, okay, I'm going to show my face or even like the first sponsored post that I ever did. I was like, Oh, is this okay? And then like, it just gets easier over time. It's just like training that muscle memory, like just show up, be your authentic. People will connect with you more. You'll get more responses. You'll boost your engagement. It's just like, and you'll feel good because people will actually be like, thank you for your help and stuff like that. Not that that's always why you're doing it, but you're inspiring people. And it's really just so wonderful. The community that you can really create through just showing up on your stories. That's so true because I feel like I have, like, I, I kind of laughed. I'm like, I have like my online community that I like, Mm -hmm. I love, like we were talking before the start recording for the listeners that we all, like the three of us, live within like an hour and a half of each other. And we're like, oh, we should totally meet up for drinks because that's not weird. Like, I see your faces. You're yeah. like catfishing me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, you're, like, you're an online community, a group of, like, girls, like, women that I'm like, oh, like, we could totally meet up. Like, I have someone in Italy that was on this, sh- like, I did a podcast with. I'm like, if I ever come to Italy, I'm totally visiting you. So there's so much, like, freedom, I guess, when you stop caring what others think. And you do embrace, I guess, the word influencer, because this is for me today. And you <laughs> just learn to, like, love the fact that you can you can do so much online. Like, so much so online. Much. It's a different world than it was a few years ago. Even, like, three years ago. Before, pre-pandemic, I think the best thing that came out of COVID was the freedom that you could build your own business online. Maybe that's a bold statement. Absolutely. No, I don't think it's a bold statement at all. I could not agree with you more. And it's something that I say a lot to people close to me in my life. And it feels kind of, it's like you almost feel a little guilty saying it. Yeah. But I think that if there's one, I know this is like a pivot in the conversation, but if there's like one good thing that came out of it, it's the fact that like the internet is opening up even more opportunities to creators than existed even two years ago. It's like it happened overnight. It felt like. Mm. Yeah. I agree with that. And I also think that more people went to the internet to, like I said in the beginning, connect and create that mm-hmm. community. And, you know, it's wonderful. Like Kim and I met through Instagram and now we have a business together. So it's like pretty mm-hmm. badass. It's like, wow, look what Instagram did. Like so many people hate on Instagram, but it's like, this free app has brought so much to my life and to Kim's life that it's just, it's incredible. It's, it's frustrating too at times, but it's also awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And going off of that, like you build a community and for foodies, cause I, you know, I went, I've been in the culinary world for like 10, like probably more than 10 years. Chefs, And people who love to cook, sometimes they have, you know, showing up isn't always hard for them. They're in the kitchen for a reason. Like they love to cook and be behind the scenes. So how do you encourage people who are so talented at recipe development or food photography to start embracing becoming an influencer in their business? Well, I think for the, you know, specifically for recipe developers and chefs, like I've worked with a lot of chefs in my past and they all have such big personalities. Um, 
Um, <laughs> and they're just entertaining by nature, I feel like. So, you know, you're, you already know you're incredible at what you do. And you already know that you have a fun personality, whether or not, you know, it's everyone's cup of tea. That's, you know, their choice to follow along or not. Um, just start showing up and doing what you love, right? Like, if you, you know, when I first started my foodie account, I would show up live often and cook, um, which maybe I should start doing again because it was really fun. But that was like <laughs> such a great way to connect with my audience and build a new audience by showing my personality in the moment while I was teaching them something. Yeah, I think that also, you know, it's hard to add that that another another task on your to do list. So if you're a chef or mm-hmm. recipe creator, even just a photographer that doesn't like to get in front of the lens, it's so hard to just add that task, but just practice it every day. Just and I, I know that's like, oh, you don't want to hear that, but just practice every day. Just or maybe start with just three days a week. You're gonna show your face, and it could just honestly be like, hi everybody, today I'm cooking this pasta dish, and you show the pasta like, and nothing else, just show up five seconds and it will get easier over time. And then again, like Kim was saying, if you're say a chef or if you have an assistant of any sorts anywhere, just have them film you really quick. Like, Oh, what are you preparing today? It just make it seem as organic as possible in the beginning. It's not going to feel organic. You're going to be like, I need to look perfect and all this stuff. But like after a while, I'm sure you guys all feel the same. After a while, you're like, all right, here I am with my messy hair and no makeup and I'm just <laughs> living free. <laughs> so it's just, you know, just incorporating into your everyday life. And honestly, it really, it really gives back. You know, once you start, like your community, people connect with faces. There are people that I've talked to on Instagram before that I don't even know what they look like. I could pass them mm. in the streets and I wouldn't know. I'm like, oh my God, I think that if they showed their face, maybe I would connect a little bit more to them. Like I love them to death, but if they would just show their face, there'd be that like deeper connection, I guess. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> and in and, and terms of everybody, like no matter who you are, like just don't think of being an influencer as like a bad thing. It's not, again, manipulating anybody or forcing anybody to do anything. You could be a amazing food photographer and still be an influencer this like so if if you ever want to do an online course or a podcast or any a cookbook or anything else or you have this campaign where you're raising money for something like the influencers are going to be the ones that are able to sell it more than somebody that just never connects with their audience never puts it back to their audience never tries to you know educate them and inspire them so it's just something to think about I agree with that. Yeah. Cause when you do show your face, like I, I, there are a few counts that don't show their face and I think they're so sweet and they're so great, but the ones who show their face, I'm like, Hey girl, like you're like my new B you're like my online BFF. Cause like, I know what you look yeah. like. I know that you show up authentically. And I mean, like you said, you do get to the point where you show up pretty pretty ragged I mean I think the other day I recorded a video of me walking my dog with like dress shoes on no bra I was like this is me today like, like you I love get to the point that you're just like eh, you know what I am not gonna like pretend to be perfect and I think that influencers who do the best who see the most success from when they do paid advertising or affiliates or sponsored work are the people who show up authentically you know like, I love when there's a few influencers who 
even though I have no idea who they are in real life, I have learned to trust their opinion on stuff because they'll straight up be like, I really only talk about do sponsored stuff when I really like the product or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, one influencer, she'd always talked about this one company found out that they're basically like were horrible. And she went back and was like, I was totally wrong. I, I did not see, I was blind to it. And like the fact that she like admitted that she showed up authentically, I'm like, okay, what's the next product you like? Cause I still trusted her. Like it's still built trust. So I think showing off authentically is really the, you know, the new way to look at influencing. It's just authentically showing up and being your brand and being your voice. I think if you, I don't know, you guys, you guys are the experts in this area. Well, one thing, one thing that I love that you said so many times is the word trust. Like that is huge when it comes to influencing. So if you're showing up every day with, you know, talking to your audience um, in your stories, going live, sharing reels, like whatever it is for you, that is like your way of authentically communicating and connecting with your audience, that's going to continue to build trust over time. And I know earlier we were talking about like, you know, just when you're, when you're just getting started, like, you know, just show up well, and, you know, don't be afraid of it. And I think the cool thing is, is that when you're just getting started, your audience isn't that big. So you can do whatever the hell you want and, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe make a few mistakes along the way. Um, but that just shows the people that are following you and that have been following you from the beginning. Okay. This is a real human that I'm following. Um, I tr- I'm building trust with everything that he or she is sharing. And I'm choosing to continue to follow along because now I feel connected to this person. I think something that's so important too, is like, if you're doing sponsored posts, just don't make your feed only sponsored posts. I think that that is a really slippery slope to go into. Um, Take on as many brand deals as you want, but just make sure that your entire feed isn't sponsored posts because that's when it can start to not feel authentic. You know, we always suggest like if you're going to do a sponsored post, show that product off to your audience in a story before, maybe even a couple of times before you do that post because it will feel more authentic, you know, and always try to stay within your niche because it's just, Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel right. And it's not going to provide a great return of investment for the brand that you're working with because, and your audience isn't getting anything out of that. When you think about sponsored posts and the reason why I'm talking this is because like, I feel like influencing and sponsored posts sometimes go hand in hand, but like you're going to confuse your audience if you're posting something not within your niche because they're following you for a certain reason to see, like for me, I have vegetarian vegan recipes. If I ever posted a meat brand, I'm pretty sure, which I don't eat meat, so I wouldn't, but my my (laughs) audience would be like, what are you doing? We don't want you for this. But if Kim posted me, it wouldn't be weird. So it's just making sure that you really authentically love the brands that you're working with or their products that you would use. And then that your brand, your audience is also going to love them because it's not for you. These sponsored posts aren't for you. Yes, you're making money, but it's to help the brand and help your audience more than anything else. I was just thinking that like, if you posted me, you're right. It would be so 
I would be, I think I would, from someone just looking at the outside and be like, okay, well, she's getting paid a lot of money for this because, like, why else is she posting me? She doesn't eat me. Like, I'm feeding it to my husband. <laughs> but sticking with, like, the food community, because I feel like in the last year, I mean, the food community, we went from, like, especially, like, photographers. We went from, like, posting beautiful photography to now having to pivot to make these incredible videos mm-hmm. that are like not more than like 10 seconds long but show the recipe get it <laughs> like and now they want to approach brands and they want to do sponsors and they want to do brand deals do you think that you know we'll just mainly focus on photographers do you think that food photographers and bloggers should be pitching their video ideas or still pitching food uh, photography ideas like I just want to get your thoughts on that for for sponsored work question so yeah I think that people should be pitching what they feel comfortable doing because if you're so this the the social media social media is starting to try to turn everybody into a videographer right and that is a completely different career path sure there's tons of well not maybe not tons but there's lots of food photographers in particular that are also doing video, like myself included, but I'm still learning it while I'm pitching it. But I feel comfortable enough where I'm at that I can, you know, pitch these things to brands that I want to work with in a freelance or a sponsored capacity because I feel good about the work that I'm doing and I want to get better at it. But there are plenty of creators out there who are like, I have no time for this. I do not want to learn this. And that's okay. You do not have to become a master of making reels or video if you really are resistant to it. There's still a place and a need for photography on social media and on the internet and anywhere else you would put a photo. So no, I don't think at all that is necessary. I would, I agree with you, Kim, completely. And also you don't need to be a videographer. I know that's not what you're saying, Kim. To do reels, like so many of the videos that go viral or things like that are iPhone user generated videos and you can still charge money for that. I think that for some reason there's this myth that like, oh, if I'm using my iPhone, I can't charge a lot. No, you're still marketing for the brand. You're still creating content. You could still charge for it. Maybe it won't be as much as if you're like creating something with your camera, but you could still charge for it. You could charge a good amount. So Whatever you feel comfortable with, um, I do believe that with time that there will be a pushback on social media where mm. brands want more videos, but that does not mean that if you're a food photographer that your career is ending. There's so many places for photos, like Kim said, on the internet, on billboards, in magazines, so many areas. I mean, if I'm going to a website to get a recipe, I'm not going to be watching the video as much as maybe looking at the photos, especially when it comes to like process shots and things like that. So it's just, there's so many components of what's going on now that nobody should feel bad if they don't want to do video. It's okay. And don't feel like pressure by Instagram either. There's probably a lot of food (laughs) photographers who are so relieved to hear that. There's a lot of stress around it. And also like a lot of stress I feel like comes from People started doing videos and like I said, jokingly, but it was kind of serious. Like now it's like eight second videos. It's like, like I remember when I was it's doing like, even some that. videos, um, 
I'm like, how am I supposed to show you what the freaking recipe is in six seconds? It took me an hour and a half to do this. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's why like the, the quote unquote bite shots at the end are becoming mm-hmm. so popular, which actually yeah. is kind of a relief right? Yeah. Now you don't have to spend however long filming. Like if there's one thing I resist in this world, it's filming an entire recipe in a way that looks <laughs> aesthetically pleasing. I just, nothing makes me want to cry more unless it's a cocktail than, you know, filming it from start, filming a recipe from start to finish. So I personally am really embracing those six second clips of like, Ooh, look at this drool, drool scoop of you know, whatever I make, I made, um, like a barbecue corn salad for a client the other day. So that's like what I'm thinking in my head. I like scooped it out and like put it and plated it or like taking a brownie and just breaking that in half and seeing that texture. Like we have attention spans are so short at this point, but also that's like all it takes for us to see something and be like, I need it. Right. So like from a brand's perspective, if as long as they can get their packaging in that quick little clip where you're breaking that cookie or you're breaking that brownie in half, you're watching that, you're seeing the brand in the background and you're seeing this delicious looking tree and you're like, I got to make that. Let me go. Let me go get that because, you know, this person who I love and trust so much is saying I need to make it. When it comes to, you know, your people are willing to do the videos, they're willing to show up, they're willing to pitch brands. When it comes to influencing, and I know what your answer is, but I want you guys to say it, <laughs> do they need a certain amount of following? Because I feel like even though, you know, we touched on it earlier that Instagram is not just $100,000, $100,000, 100,000 followers and then like zero followers. Like there's such a room, there's room for the the middle ground. Do you think that there is a minimum to get Instagram brands deals and in influencing from that? I wouldn't say that there's a minimum. I would say that you need to know who your audience is and you need to connect with them. I think that's more important than any number at all. You could have a hundred thousand followers, but if you don't connect with them, if like, and I know that people that have that many followers or followers are getting crazy amounts of DMs, but if you never like talk back, like respond to their DMs, if you never respond to the comments, if it's just like you, like I, they're going to connect with you less. I was reading an article. I can't remember who it is from, but basically saying how the micro and macro influencers are really changing the game because they have more of that connection with their audience. So they're the ones that are going to respond to the DMs of like, what vegan cheese do you recommend? Or what, like, what olive oil do you recommend? Or things like that, you know, like they're going to get a response. It's so frustrating when you see a larger creator put something out there and then you ask them a question about it and it's crickets and you're like, okay, well, why would I buy that product now? Because I... I don't know if it's right for me and you can't even respond to me, but you want to push it off to me. It just feels so less authentic and it just feels a little bit more cold. So I would not like, we've had so many creators that have under 5,000 followers make supplemental or full-time income working with brands and doing sponsor posts. We've had a couple clients who have under a thousand followers who land brand deals and consistently brand land brand deals and they love it. And it's, it's so hard 
to not focus on the vanity numbers of like, oh my God, it only got 50 likes. But like, if you have a thousand followers and it only got 50 likes, that's not a bad ratio. Because if you do, again, look at the people that have a larger following, a lot of times they're only getting 200 likes. So if you have a hundred thousand followers and you're only getting 200 likes, that's still, I'd rather go with the 50 if somebody has a thousand followers because they're getting responses to their comments and stuff like that. That's just my two cents though. Like you said, it's about building trust. And I think when, like you said from the very beginning, influencing is about trust. It is about, it's not this icky word anymore. It's not the, you know, just sell, sell, sell. So when it comes to influencing, how, and you kind of talked on it earlier, but it was one of the questions I wanted to ask. So maybe you have more to say on it. How do you balance this is my job and I need to make money, but I also don't want to lose trust. So I think that, okay, I'll just give you how I do it personally, because that's the best way I can speak to it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Because I think everybody's different and Chelsea's going to have a different answer than I do. So for me personally, this is my full-time job. It has been for the last two and a half years. I balance my influencing with freelance work. And, you know, I know that not every single creator is like, oh, yeah, I'm also a food photographer. Um, or I also, um, you know, do food video and, and whatnot. And maybe they just have an Instagram and they're not a blogger or whatnot. Um, there's still so many freelance opportunities out there, especially with TikTok blowing up the way it has. The content over on TikTok is so different than the content on Instagram in terms of like the quality, basically, like Mm -hmm. we're looking at more like user generated content, right? So it's a lot easier for a content creator who maybe isn't also a photographer to have a couple of different options for themselves. So yeah, I agree with you, Kim. Um, Diversifying your income is really key, especially if you're doing, if you're an influencer and you want to work with brands because there are low seasons where people aren't putting as much money into influencer marketing and stuff like that. But I think a great way to seem authentic and that you're not just trying to sell is again, don't make every single post or every single story Mm -hmm. a product that you're pushing, like show products that you also love that might not be sponsored. Not, and I'm not saying like create like content for brands to repost. I'm saying like, if you really like a protein powder, like show up on your story and say like, Hey, this is a great for me, like vegan protein powder. Like, I think that you guys would like this. Here's the ingredients. Like I'm always trying to recommend like new products that I find that I think that my audience would like not to try to get a brand deal on the other side, but literally just to help them find something. Cause I'm like, I know that vegan protein powder sucks sometimes. So like, here's one that's great. So I think just always trying to provide that value over everything else. I think that is the most important Mm. thing when influencing is providing the value because if you don't do that and you're just selling, 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 people are going to hate your feed. Like, I'll just say it. Like Mm -hmm. I would unfollow you if you were just selling every single time that you show up on my feed. I actually think that's a really important thing to note too, because, you know, especially for those of us who, you know, Chelsea is a vegan and vegetarian blogger and I am a low FODMAP and gluten-free blogger. And you know, a lot, a good portion of my audience is following me because they do need tips and they do need product recommendations. And it's a fine line. I think that we walk sometimes between, you know, giving brands free advertising and 
you know, giving our audience authentic recommendations. But I think at the end of the day, when you are strictly talking about, you know, influencer marketing and, um, you know, giving your audience what they deserve, I personally will share those product recommendations because I know that they're going to help them. And it's also going to help build and continue to like to foster that trust. And so to me, that can sometimes be worth more than partnering with a brand. That is so helpful. This has been so good, guys. Like you guys actually have changed my mind a little bit on influencing. Not a little bit. You actually have. I was going to say a little bit. Only a little. A lot of it. (laughs) No, no. A lot. It's not a bad thing anymore. Like I, my fiance hated the word influencer and he thought that my job, like I'm not a full-time influencer. I do freelance too and other things, but like um, he, he always is like influencers, they're stupid. And then like, he started seeing the money that I can make and he started seeing like, I'm just show like, it is awesome that like, part of my job is just like to show my dogs and me eating lunch. Like that is <laughs> people who know my dog's names, they know their stories and stuff like that. And like, it's great. Cause I'm connecting with people. And like, there is that part where I'm like, wow, I get like a monetary return on this too. So it is so great and you could be an influencer and never do a sponsored post too if you don't want to like you don't have to sell to people you could still influence them um there's so many different types of influencers too there's like the doctor influencers there's the people that are about like social change influencers like there's so many types that it's just like it's awesome it's awesome to see and connecting with people and inspiring them building their trust just so much goes into it I love it (laughs) (laughs) I think influencers and like people who can make money online are some of the smartest people out there because you're seeing like it's just to show up and like to never like make something of it unless like it's just really not your passion. But like the fact that you can show up and like be like, you know what, I'm good at something and there's someone out there who wants it and you make a business out of that and you make a career out of it. Like you said, eating lunch and showing your dogs like that's a pretty good life that's pretty smart it's better than going to a nine to five exactly exactly <laughs> like it's not soul sucking to me it's like literally my life and people are interested in it and that just helps you build that trust and I think like again how you're saying like how to make it not feel icky if you're an influencer will build that show your everyday life show up organically show up doing anything people are so interested they're nosier than you think that they are like Everybody wants to know everything. Like, I'm not going to lie. There's people I follow on TikTok where I'm like glued to their life story. Like a lot of them own farms. And I'm like, what are you doing today with your emu? Like, I just wanted to know. Oh, I know exactly who you're talking about. And I love her emu. <laughs> but it's just like, like, Kim, I think you described it well. Like you peek into people's lives. Like you just get to see like, how did you explain it? Can you, you do a better job than me? Okay. So what Chelsea's referring to is when I was trying to get her on board with TikTok, like probably six months ago. And I said, it's like, it's like opening little doors to other worlds and just kind of like spying on people's <laughs> lives. And then you can shut the door when you're done and open the next one and see what's going on over there. And then when you're over it, you shut it and you move along. It's <laughs> so yeah, that's all I and I feel like there's an audience for everything right now. Like somebody, yeah. will, you could have like a vacuum Instagram account and people would be interested in it. It's okay. Like- Wait. <laughs> there's literally, there's an Instagram account. I think it's called like Toilets of Providence that started following me recently. 
And I was like, oh, this has got to be fake. What is this? I don't want them following me. And then I'm looking at it and I'm like, wait, this is genius. Because if you're like out and about in the city and you have to go to the bathroom, that you just go to this account and it's like, here's where you can go. And here's what has nice restrooms. It's that's like an extreme example, oh, but, but it's really Oh, no, there isn't. There's a market for that because my boyfriend's best friend has always said he wants to make an app about toilets, the best toilets to stop on all over he the country. He needs America. to do that. I that love is, that. That's so helpful, that's though. necessary. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Wow. <sighs> this conversation is taking a turn. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. I did one more question before we kind of go is you actually introduced it well not toilets but tiktok <laughs> what where what are your thoughts on it i i know you guys have jumped on board I, from what i gathered do you think that people should be you know diving in head first and really just embracing tiktok and what they can do on it i think that if somebody wants to do it we're all about <laughs> whatever feels right to you do it mm-hmm. try everything Try everything for two weeks. If you effing hate it after that, get off the app. Like there is nothing saying that you need to be on any of these apps. Of course, you need if you're into social media marketing and stuff like that, you need to get with the time. Like you need to move with the times. Like TikTok is going, might like most likely will be a strong player in influencer marketing. It already is, but I think that it will just keep on growing. Um but you know, if you don't, if it's not your bread and butter, like it's okay, it's really okay. But just give it a try. Um, Kim and I are both on TikTok. We post pretty consistently, um, depending on. I mean, I had COVID last week, so I wasn't posting. But like, don't. It doesn't need to be as much effort as Instagram. So like, those five second reels, you can literally show your. Like, I just made curry for lunch. Like, I could have just showed myself like twirling it around in a bowl, and it will get views. Like it does not have to be as perfectly curated as Instagram. That's my two cents. What about you, Kim? Uh, no, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, I enjoy TikTok. I do not create exclusively for TikTok. I, I repurpose content, which I think a lot of us do because it just makes it feel a lot more doable and a lot more approachable to be in all of these places at once. Um, But I do like it. And from an influencing perspective, I have found that I've been able to reach more people on TikTok and help more people. I've actually reached more of my ideal audience on there. I'm not saying I don't, I'm not connected to my ideal audience on Instagram. I'm just at least being made more aware of the fact that I've reached more of my ideal audience on TikTok. So I think that from an influencer perspective, and even from a blogging perspective, TikTok is really, if you have the bandwidth for it, an excellent place to be right now. And I would encourage you to do so. Those are good responses. So when it comes to working with you guys, can you guys just like pitch yourself because you deserve it? Like you guys are awesome. (laughs) And I've already pitched you. So like. How can people find you, work with you, grow their, you know, their brand presence um, and influencing presence? 
we have so many services to offer people and it's not because we want to have a million services, but we just don't want anybody's financial situation or time commitment or anything like that. Hold like, um, not allow them to move forward to working with brands. So what we offer is we have a couple different courses. We have Brandwork Boss Academy, which is going to take you A to Z through brand work. So getting into the right mindset, finding the right brands, how to pitch yourself, how to deliver your um, deliverables, how to actually like, like go through every single process, like invoicing, all of that. Um, with that, you get all of our templates that we offer. Um, we also have another course called Peanuts to Profit, where it's going to teach you how to price yourself as a beginner, as a creator in the foodie space. Again, this is all for creators in the foodie space. Um, we also offer templates like you you mentioned in the beginning. Um, and there are a lot of them, so I'm not going to name them all, but we have a couple <laughs> different bundles. And then we also offer two-on-one coaching and one-on-one coaching. So we really... The reason why we offer all this is because we don't know where somebody is in their journey, but we want to help them thrive and succeed. Um, and speaking of that, we are offering everybody that's listening for the next 30 days, um, 10% off our courses and templates. If you use the code thrive 10, um, so just to help a little bit more and to give you guys love for listening <laughs> and Kim, can you tell them where they could find us? Sorry. I just, <laughs> no, I love it. Uh, yeah, you can find us on Instagram at 10k under 10k. And in the link in our bio is a link to each and every one of our services, our masterclass, our freebies, all the things. Oh, yeah, we have freebies too. So <laughs> if anybody just wants to check us out and like, dip their toe in and see if we're the right coaches for you, because like, we want to make sure that it is the right fit. We do things a little bit differently. <laughs> I think you guys have a smart business model. Like I like I obviously like love business and marketing and all that stuff and offer suites. Like you guys are exactly like you're doing it right. You are reaching your ideal client in the different versions of them. That's how I look at it. Oh, I love that. that I love I, oh, that. thank you. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> I know. That makes us feel so good. <laughs> <laughs> no you guys are like I'm launching a whole like program on like having a d business model of like different offer suites and you guys are like a prime example so you're doing it right at least in my opinion thank you oh, so thank much you. Yeah, we just we didn't want anything to stand in anybody's way like we really yeah. didn't like we know what it's like to be a beginner and not to be able to make that big investment we know what it's like to be able to make that big investment so like wherever they are in life we can meet them as long as we're the right coaches for them <laughs> Oh, that's perfect. I'm going to link everything in the show notes so they can just click it, find you. And um, I think there's a lot of food bloggers from, you know, that listen to this. So I think if you are listening to it and you're in the food community, then you should definitely use that discount code because that is incredible. Thank you so much for doing that. You're of welcome. Course. Thank you Thank for, you having, for us. having us. I love them so much. That was one of the funniest episodes I've ever recorded. We laughed so hard. We had so much fun and I hope you guys learned something from this. I hope you feel inspired. Make sure that you follow them. They are absolutely incredible. Their food blogging, their food photography, the video content they're putting out. It's all so freaking good. I'm going to link everything below in the show notes. Give them a follow, learn something new, reach out to them, use that discount code. As always, guys, be kind to someone, eat some good food, and pat yourselves on the back because it is your time to thrive and that starts with it.